It's Lessons with Mike. Here we are, the long, long awaited season two premiere of Lessons with Mike. This is our 14th total episode. And I just have to say, what an overwhelming response it has been. We currently, let the last time I checked, listeners in 10 separate states, in two separate countries, over 160 listens total, over 50 unique listeners. Thank you so much. This has gone so much better than I expected it to go. And I think I've improved a lot. I think the podcast has improved a lot. And what better guests to have on the first episode of season two than one of the most popular guests so far? Um, I did a popularity poll uh, temporarily, and then I decided to postpone the popularity poll. So I closed it and put that on the back burner. But before I closed it, the person leading the popularity poll for guests was obviously Jesse. I mean, come on. Jesse is a god amongst men. And when Jesse walks around, the, the beetles and the bugs and the, the birds of the air, they part. They make way for him to pass uh, unhindered by their presence. So please welcome to the podcast for the fourth time, Mr. Jesse. Hey, I'm Jesse. Yes, you are. So today uh, I'm going to be talking about cryptids, cryptozoology uh, with Jesse. Now, Jesse, what is a cryptid? So basically... The whole gist of cryptids and cryptozoology is that it's basically a creature that is unknown to science. Like, there's not enough proof for it to be considered a valid scientific animal. So there's a lot, like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, uh, the Jersey Devil, the Mothman. But we're going to have a whole episode about the Mothman coming up later. We're going to do that one with Zachary. That's going to be a fun one. Agreed. Stay tuned for that one. But we've always been into cryptids. Jesse more so than me. I remember as a young, uh, young kid, I saw this book at a Goodwill. I was, cause grandma would always take us to Goodwill for senior discount day. And I loved going to Goodwill. I've always loved going to Goodwill. I found this book. Oh, what was it called? There was a dinosaur on the front. You read the book. I know the sequel's name is Tentacles. What was the first one before that? Was it Chupacabras? No, Chupacabras was the third book in the series. It's just called Cryptid Hunters. Cryptid Hunters. Yes. It's such a good book. It has two kids. Uh, what are the names? I don't, I don't remember. But you read it, right? Not all of it. We were, they go to their Uncle Wolf's Island, and he's a cryptid hunter. Yes. And they want to find the Mokle Mimbe. Mm-hmm. And that's basically a sauropod that is rumored to still exist in the jungles of Central Africa. Yeah, the Congo area. The Congo area. And there's this really... Uh, Marduk? What is his name? The, the villain character. In the I don't remember. I thought my head. The Uncle. It was an interesting book, and that was my first exposure, for my first big cryptid memory. And... Um, I only bought it because it had a dinosaur on the cover. So, and that's dinosaurs was a segue into cryptids. It was funny because the dinosaur on the cover was a, a theropod dinosaur, but the Mokla Mimbe is a sauropod dinosaur. Cassirex. What's that now? It's a cryptid tyrannosaur that's also reported in Africa. Africa has a lot of cryptids that resemble dinosaurs. I, I wonder why. I know the jungles of Africa, the jungles of uh, the Amazon rainforest, those have not been heavily explored. Same with the Arctic area. And like the dense, swampy areas. One thing that's interesting about Africa, there was a creature that was, this is an example of a former cryptid that has now been proven to be a species, the okapi. Uh, For those of you who don't know what an okapi is, they're really cool creatures that live in Africa. And when settlers and white people first were colonizing Africa, the tribes would tell them about the okapi. And, you know, they thought, oh, these tribes, they're just making this up. This can't be a real creature. But it's a real creature and they're really cool. They're sacred animals in some tribes, too. 
And I think there's also a species of African peafowl that was once considered a cryptid, but it's officially considered its own scientific genus now. That is such a dumb thing to be a cryptid. Cryptids should be cool, not like birds. Come on. Okapis are really cool. They're a member of the giraffe family, is that right? Yes. And they're like, they're brown and they have stripes on their legs and backsides they have really long tongues like a giraffe their facial features very clearly resemble a giraffe they're really cool creatures basically dwarf giraffes but they don't have long necks Mm -hmm. yeah so jesse uh what was your first experience with cryptids that you remember so outside of books that i would occasionally see at like the books a million and the occasional book fair at my elementary school i believe my first experience was I was just watching random cartoons one day on Cartoon Network, and then it went to a commercial break. Then after a few commercials, there was like a little found footage type commercial where it was just like two guys skateboarding. And then towards the end of the commercial, they get attacked by a giant lizard. And then at the very end, it says www.cryptidsareal.com, which eventually turned out to be a teaser for the show The Secret Saturdays, which was a pretty cool show. It was about... This family trying to stop a Yeti from taking over the world with cryptids. It was pretty interesting. Also, there is a Ben 10 crossover with it, so that Dude, was cool. that was a big spoiler. You just spoiled a major plot twist of The Secret Saturdays. The show's been out for over 10 years. Okay, so Jesse, I, I had to even think about that, because at first I thought you were wrong, and then I remembered, no, wait, that is a huge spoiler. We're going to leave it in. No one knows. <laughs> but th- was there a Generator Rex crossover, too? I don't think so. I don't think so. But... There was a crossover with Ben 10. Yes. So this was a very popular show. And I really liked it. I did too. I loved all the cryptids. They had a little lizard with them. They had a little... Um... Ornithochirus thingy. Yes. And they had the Fiskerton Phantom. Yes. And it was so... Ornithochirus is like a type of pterosaur. Fiskerton Phantom, like a type of uh, Bigfoot creature. Mm-hmm. Similar to that. More, more, more uh, monkey-like than ape-like. Uh, for those of you who don't know... Monkeys mainly live in trees and uh, have tails, prehensile tails, which they use to grasp onto things, almost like a fifth limb. Uh, But an ape doesn't really live in the trees as much. Gorillas will walk on the ground. Chimpanzees don't really spend a lot of time in the trees. They do, but not as much as monkeys. Also, apes don't have tails. Mm -hmm. So that's... How and did the did uh the the Fiskerton Phantom have a tail? I think so. I don't remember. I don't remember for sure. But it was so cool because one character had this magic glove they would punch things with. And that was really cool. I remember there was this one episode where the Saturdays were trying to stop a cryptid underground fighting ring. Oh wow! I remember I had so many toys from this show. All yeah. little cryptids. It was so cool. I really lo- there was a lot of those found footage commercials, and that brings me to something else about found footage. But before I get into that, the Secret Saturdays, there was something. What was your favorite cryptid from the show? Um, definitely the Owl Man. The Owl Man. Tell us more about the Owl Man. Like, just is it a, like the Mothman, or it's basically Europe's version? Not Europe specifically. I don't remember if it's in Europe in the continental mainland or part of the UK, but it's in that area. But it's basically their version of Mothman. Does it? We'll, we'll talk about that more in the Mothman episode. But that's that brings us to another topic: how cryptids are geographical. That's probably not the right word. But what I mean is, there's geographical variants um, in the the, uh, the Himalayan mountains. You'll have the Yeti in the swamps of Southern America or Southern North America, like Florida, Mississippi. You'll have the skunk ape mm-hmm. and the northwestern parts of America and Canada, you'll have the Bigfoots. Mm-hmm. 
Jesse, you have something to add? Yeah, and in Australia, they got their own type too called the Yowie. That's based off an actual creature, though. Uh, well, so are the other ones, but the Yowie, there was like a type of marsupial that used to live in Australia. What was it called? I mean, there's marsupial lions, diprotodons. Diprotodon, yes! That's the word. I knew I knew it as soon as you said it. The Mike, that's the bunyip. The bunyip? Yes. The bunyip is a different thing. No, there was a lot of speculation that the bunyip was a living diprotodon. Speaking of that, my interest in cryptids was sparked by the idea that extinct creatures could somehow still be alive. Almost like... Like, the Loch Ness Monster is a type of plesiosaur. The Bigfoot is a type of Gigantopithecus. For those of you who don't know, Gigantopithecus was this really huge ape. Um, however, it doesn't make sense for that to be Bigfoot, because the only place that its bones have been found have been in parts of China, Mongolia, those areas. There's speculation that the Gigantopithecus, whenever around the time it would extinct, around that same time there was the Bering Strait land bridge, so it's possible it could have migrated over to America and adapted to become the Bigfoot we know today. That's true. And this might be a spoiler alert because Jesse's reading this book by Max Brooks. It's a really good book. It's called De-Evolution. Um, it's about a, a camp uh, in the middle of nowhere and they get cut off from the world and a group of Bigfoot attack them. And it goes back and forth between theories and whatnot. One thing the book said that was very interesting is that humans, when they crossed the Bering Strait, were being were followed and were chased by the... Uh, pre-Bigfoot Gigantopithecus ancestors. Now, you remember in uh, the movie The Jungle Book, directed by John Favreau, 2016, I think? Yes. There's a They changed the uh, King Louis character from an orangutan to a Gigantopithecus, mm -hmm. which makes no sense because Gigantopithecus bones have never been found in Africa, to my knowledge. Jungle Book's not in Africa. What do you mean? It's they're the main... The main antagonist, I forget what his name is, is a tiger. You're right. That was a stupid on my Shere part. Shere Khan, that's it. That, that was a stupid. It, it does... I think it, India? Around but that still, area. The, it has to. But still, those bones were not found in India, to my knowledge. Anyway, we're getting off topic. But this whole idea, I think, is a big thing that forms cryptozoology. The idea that there is something that we thought was dead that is really just alive, and we haven't found it. Um, proof that we're not... That bad. Proof that we didn't kill everything. Proof that disaster and calamity didn't kill everything. Some of them still survived. For instance, living fossils. The coelacanth was thought to be extinct for a while until people found one. They couldn't believe it. And it's just a dumb-looking fish thing. It's not a, I mean, they're cool, I guess, but they're just a dumb-looking fish. I mean, fish... It's a type of... It's an ocean creature. All those things are called Lazarus Taxon. The Lazarus Taxon. I love that name. It's such a cool name. Mm -hmm. Whoever was coming up with names that day, the Lazarus Taxon. It sounds really ominous, too. Like the Lazarus Pit from Batman. You just dump them in there and they <laughs> come back. Let's, we'll dump a T-Rex head in the Lazarus Pit and see what happens. Mm. Oh, man. Uh, but Jesse, so we were talking about um, those found footage commercials, and there's another found footage program that really had an impact on our early lives. We were really interested in this. Would you like to start off this discussion? I will. So for those who don't know, back in around 2008, Animal Planet premiered a show called Lost Tapes. And basically it was like the Blair Witch Project where it was people's found footage being found by other people. And the whole premise of that is that each episode is a new family, a new character, a new cryptid, 
And basically each episode ends with the title character either getting killed or almost killed by a cryptid of the week. And the thing is, I thought these were real tapes as a kid. I did too. I thought this was like real found footage. It clearly isn't as an adult looking at this. Like there was a the the lake octopus of some weird lake. Oh yeah, Oklahoma octopus. The Oklahoma octopus, which it's so stupid looking back at it. Some cryptids are actually stupid, like the Thunderbird. That is the dumbest thing. I mean, it was. I think it was worshipped by natives. No, what I mean is like a bird that can control the weather. I mean. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's a big part of Native American folklore. I understand that, Jesse. But just because it's Native American does not mean it makes any more sense than European or Middle Eastern folklores. It's a cool story. I, th- I feel like there's a message there that we'd have to do more research in to understand. But as far as my favorite cryptid, uh, it does what was that, Jesse? Oh, I was just going back on the Thunderbird Lost Tape episode. It's not really shown on screen. Most of the cryptids are anyway. But in the Thunderbird's case, it wasn't shown, but it's heavily implied in that episode to be a type of Asdarkid. What is an Asdarkid? You know, those giant pterosaurs. Really? Mm-hmm. What? Is that a subspecies? Well, Asdarkids are a type of pterosaur, so I'm assuming it's a... Now give me, what do they look like? You, there's Quetzalcoatlus. Had oh, okay, so Quetzalcoatlus. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, fun fact, Quetzalcoatlus, uh, his name comes from the Aztec serpent god. Which was also in a Lost Tapes episode. Really? Yes. Actually, the fun thing about it, in season three, they were trying to, like, connect more stories together, and they had a thing called the Enigma Corporation, and one of the episodes was called Q the Serpent God. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not watch season three. I just watched seasons one and two. I could never watch season three as a kid because I thought it was scary, but rewatching it as an adult, it's not bad. Oh, yeah? Maybe I'll have to look into that. Oh, man. Do you remember the Weird and Wild Creature cards? Yes. So those are like little cards with various different animals they would send in. We would like subscribe to them. And like every three weeks or so, we would get a new set of cards in the mail. And there would be bigger cards, which would be like just facts, uh, like a like a drawing of the animal, some artwork, uh, and then facts. And then on the back of the card would be more facts and some photos. And there were several different subsections of cards. There were also little mini miniature trading cards that came with it that you could use for like a gameplay. But we never we never did that. We just collected them. And there was a section. Uh, uh, there was tiny terrors for like bugs and small things, uh, monsters of the deep, stuff that lived underwater. What were the uh, strange wonders for like the weird creatures? Monsters of the past. Monsters of the past, like dinosaurs, prehistoric creatures. I uh, there was another one that was about just random dinosaurs, not dinosaurs, just random creatures of the world. I forget what the set was called. It was the green set. Mm-hmm. What was that one called? And then there was a... We'll get, we'll get to the green set. And uh, there, there was a pink set, which is about venomous creatures. I forget what that toxic was. Toxic terrors. And then the, the set that I was really interested in was called Monsters of the Mind. It was all these cool cryptids, all these cool uh, mythological. mythological creatures. And one of them I liked was the golem. That was the one I really liked as a kid because the only way you could defeat it was erase the – you would write the word on its head for it to come to life, and the only way to defeat it was to erase that word. I thought that was super cool. Hmm. Did you have any that you really liked? Um, I was a fan of Jormungandr. The, the world ending. I want a tattoo of the Jormungandr so bad. Yeah. Tell us about the Jormungandr, Jesse. So basically, if you know anything about Norse mythology, it's a giant snake that wraps itself around the whole world and is Loki's child. One of them anyway. Who's the mother? Um, is that where Loki slept with the horse? I, no, Slepnir was the 
offspring of Loki and the horse, I think. What is Slefnir? Slefnir is, I'm probably butchering that name, but it's basically Odin's six-legged horse. So Odin's horse is Loki's son? I think so. Interesting. But anyway, back to um the Jormungandr. But yeah, it's basically a giant serpent, and at the end of times, which is called Ragnarok, him and Thor get into a mutual kill. What is that? Where they kill each other at the same time, pretty much. Thor kills Jormungandr, but Jormungandr's poison kills Thor. But doesn't Jormungandr uh, eat the world anyway? Well, he's prophesied too, but Thor stopped him at Ragnarok. But how it's funny is Thor took nine steps, then died. There's probably some numerological, numerological, numerological significance to the nine steps, but... Uh, probably for another time. Probably for another time. We'll do more research into Norse things later. One thing I wanted to talk about in this cryptid episode is the grift. People who say, this is a cryptid, give me money. Uh, the famous photo of the Loch Ness Monster proven later to be a fake. People made money off that. The famous foot footage of the Bigfoot walking and then looking back over his shoulder, proven to be a fake. And these people make money off of these things. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been cast of footprints that have been turned out to be fake. And these people take advantage of people who aren't necessarily as intelligent, or maybe not, maybe that's the wrong word. Maybe they're just more gullible and more wanting to believe, and they take advantage of these people. There was also a thing back in the early days of America around like the 1800s and 1900s, things called fearsome critters, which were basically tall tales made up by lumberjacks and all other types of people. One of them was called the Hodag, which I believe was in the Michigan area, but it was basically a small, smallish creature with like a bulldog face, horns, a tail. I believe it had reptile-like skin, but that was proven to be a hoax too. It wasn't real. Now, a lot of the points of these hoax... What was the point? I don't know. Was it to keep one. people off the land? or That one, I'm not sure. Well, like, in general, what's the purpose of these these creatures being invented? Like, why why do we invent these creatures? I read a really interesting book. I forget what it was called, but it went to the, like, the origins of mythological creatures, where they came from. And to scare people is one of them, but, like... There's there's several different categories. There's just bigger versions of creatures. There's chimera versions of creatures. And a lot of cryptids fall into the bigger category or the chimera category. There's other categories too, such as the uh, the reimagined uh, dinosaur category, which is what a lot of dragons fall into because, you know, they just assumed they had wings or they assumed this or assumed that. Or mismatched uh, skeletal, skeletal imaginings, where if you look at an elephant's skull, you see the big space in the middle and you think, oh, Cyclops, because that's where the Cyclops came from. Mm -hmm. But a lot of cryptids today that I feel like a, a majority of the people believe in are the, the ones that are just larger versions, more intelligent versions, lone survivors of already existing creatures. Loch Ness Monster, the Bigfoot, the Mothman even. It's just a, it's like a humanoid moth. I mean, well, what do you think, Jesse? Well, that brings into an interesting segue about the ocean and how about only 5% of the ocean's explored. So there really could be some really big squids out there. Mm -hmm. But the Kraken having like, what, 10,000 heads and 50,000 tentacles? It's, yeah. just, it's absurd. Some stuff is like just there to like add more suspense to the exactly. story anyway. Like, this is a uh, numbers are just put there. 
Like this was something I learned about in the Bible where it says, oh, he killed 453 men with, uh, with a piece of wood that he picked up off the ground. The, the big number is not a t meant to be literal. It's meant to be a signifier of a large amount. Remember that, Jesse? They taught us that at some point. A big number is a significant of a large amount. In Jewish literature, well, anyway, Jesse's looking at me like I'm stupid. So we're going to move on back to what we were originally talking about, the grifts, how people use people's belief in these creatures to take advantage of them and make money off of them. Mm -hmm. Because there are whole museums dedicated to these creatures. There's Finding Bigfoot, which is the dumbest program of all time. You will not be able to find a Bigfoot by going into the woods and hooting and hollering like some sort of animal. Same with mountain monsters. What's that? It's basically about this team called Ames, and they basically look around the Appalachian areas trying to find the monsters there. Let me tell you something. If these creatures exist, and they've been able to remain hidden for so long, then you are not going to find them. Either these creatures are so intelligent that they somehow know how to never be found, or they just don't exist. Uh, one example of something that isn't a cryptid, but its existence is like a cryptid, like its continued existence. The Tylocane. People people come out all the time. Oh, I saw a Tylocane. I saw a Tylocane. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tylocane, also known as the Tas Tasmanian Tiger, was a predatory marsupial that lived on the island of Tasmania, and as well as the mainland Australia, it was uh, extinct from the mainland Australian continent pretty quickly. The uh, group on Tasmania lived for a little bit longer, and the last one died in 1932, I believe. 32 is what Jesse is going to go with. We're going to assume that's correct. Uh, Jesse, tell us about the Tylocane. So basically, it's like a, like you said, a small carnivorous marsupial animal. And there have been apparently sightings of it around Australia and Tasmania, along with other supposedly extinct Australian creatures like moas. The last known live Tylocane was captured in 1930. And when did it die? When did it die? When do you think it died, Jesse? 1932? Yeah. Let's find out. It was 1936. Well, uh, it was declared extinct off. in 1936. Jesse, tell us more about the moas. Oh, basically moas are just like ostriches, but a little larger and with more feathers. And there were like the hay seagull used to prey on the moas. You know, Drew was yes. blown away when I told him about the moas. <laughs> he was just, he thought it was the coolest thing ever. We're going to have to talk with Drew about uh, the moas some more but the haste eagle used to like eat the moas mm -hmm. and was that a cryptid or was that like an actual thing that was an actual thing there's like i know it was an actual thing but is it's like is it still a cryptid like, i don't believe there's a cryptid as much as like the moas okay also i forgot to mention this too early when we were talking about found footage and stuff like that so a few years back, Animal Planet actually did a fake mermaid mockumentary. Oh, that was so stupid. I still haven't watched it yet, but I hear it's very dumb. And they also did a fake... A fake Megalodon. I did see that That one. was Discovery. I wanted to get oh, into that that was Discovery? Too. Yeah. During Shark Week, Discovery, for some reason, decided to put out a fake documentary to like basically get views. It worked, but a lot of people realized it was a gimmick and they didn't like it. But hey, it worked. But still, it didn't work long term because it turned off a lot of people from watching this programming. It confused a lot of people, too. Right. Because I've never really understood the concept of fake documentaries. 
if you want to talk about the Megalodon, then talk about the Megalodon. If you want to talk about a crazy group of people who think the Megalodon still exists and go looking for it, then talk about that. Don't have this made-up nonsense where something actually is there. Yeah, don't don't like hire actors to portray scientists. Is that what they did? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. That is absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all part of the grift. Tons of people watch this. Because they have an idea that, oh, there is something out there. There's something out there. 1936, the last known Tyler Kane. I finally found it. I don't know if you could tell. I was hardcore stalling until I found this information. Uh, the last known Tyler Kane was named Benjamin. And I've seen the footage of Benjamin. It is so sad. Like, not just now, but before I've seen this. I was just looking for the exact date. It's so sad. He's, like, all alone. He's wandering around his little enclosure. And it, they went extinct really quickly mm-hmm. because... They would put bounties on them. They would be like, kill the Tylocanes, kill them. The farmers would get like, they would kill hundreds and thousands of them. And eventually, it's a common misconception that it's, that the species died from like overhunting. Because overhunting alone isn't going to be what kills the species. And we know this because there's records of everyone, of every person that collected a bounty on a Tylocane every year. The numbers drop. I read about this in David Quammen's book, The Song of the Dodo. Great book. Very long and lengthy and very little dodos in there. I don't want to get anyone's hope up, hopes up. Uh, if you're a fan of dodos in particular and you want a book just about dodos, this is not it. But it's such a great book. What's it about? Uh, Island Biogeography is the, sum, the closest I can come to a summary. So the numbers did go down, obviously, because there were less tylocanes, less people hunting them, less bounties being paid out. But then one year, the number dropped from an absurd number, like a triple digit number to a really low number. Like, and basically, I don't have the numbers right, but what I'm saying is the population was really hurt by the hunting that other factors made it impossible for them to reproduce at a level where the species was viable. And eventually, some people say I still exist. I, I think that's incredibly unlikely. But who knows? Maybe. There's a really interesting movie starring Sam Neill and Willem Dafoe called The Hunter. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Uh, in the film, Willem Dafoe is hired to find a tylocane and bring it back to this corporation so that its DNA can be had and, you know, studied in order to clone them and basically make it an attraction. He goes there. Spoiler alert. He finds the last tylocane at the end of the movie. He shoots, kills it, burns its body, so that way no one can have the animal. The animal's finally left to rest. No one's there to hunt for it. This keeps people out of Tasmania from looking for. A lot of people go to Tasmania to look for this thing. It's it. anyway. We're getting off topic. Hmm. I'm what, trying. Why, to... why did you? Hmm. No, I'm trying to think what to say. To think. Say whatever you want, Jesse. It's a free country. You I can know. speak. <laughs> the freedom of speech is guaranteed to you. Say whatever you want. No, I'm just trying to like think of a good segue to come a into. A good segue. Gosh, Jess, you're just going to sit there and be like, hmm, hmm. No one wants to listen to you mm. say hmm for 10 minutes. We were talking about cryptids. So do you believe that there's any any truth to the, uh, the Bigfoot thing? I do believe that. I feel like all these stories, I feel like some people were probably telling the truth, but they probably saw something else. Like, for example... I know I'm probably getting into the Mothman topic a little early, but there have been reports of cranes in the area too where Mothman was seen and people would misidentify those cranes as actual Mothman. Let so, me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. 
Mothman's later, but I do have something I can add to that. Eyewitness testimony and memory is in, is not infallible. Eyewitness testimony is very, very easily messed up. If you put a group of people in a lineup, police lineups, they're not really, I don't think they're admissible in court anymore. I might be wrong, but I remember hearing that they weren't admissible in court. Like you, if a good lawyer could get that thrown out, you can't identify someone in the lineup because your vision, it all happens so fast. Uh, it's like a primer. You see something, you don't remember what you saw. Some, a cop shows you, was this the guy? Yeah, that was the guy. Why not? You're you're going to and you're going to believe that you saw it but that's really not who you saw there have been several cases where eyewitness testimony falsely convicted people who spent a long time in prison and then the people was like no i'm not lying it was definitely him only to find out that it wasn't him and like how do you explain that because these people believed they were telling the truth and some of them i'm sure felt terrible when it came out they were putting innocent people behind bars but they saw what they were primed to see so someone could be like, oh, I saw this weird thing in the bushes. Was it a Bigfoot? It had stripes, didn't it? It had to have been a Tylocane, for an example. And the guy's like, oh, I guess it did, you know? Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen a cryptid, Jesse? To my personal recollection, I have not. Okay, I haven't either. I think it's all a bunch of silly nonsense, but I think it's fun. The danger of it comes when people are taken advantage of. And I feel like these fake documentaries and these shows finding Bigfoot you will never find a Bigfoot. You are a waste of money and you are a grift on society. And it is frustrating to me that you are so popular. I forgot to mention this earlier, but have you ever heard of the Dilatov Pass incident? You're going to have to repeat that. The what now? The Dilatov Pass incident. I don't know where that is. Where it's is that? somewhere in Russia. So basically what happened was these hikers died somewhere in Russia. I forget okay. exactly where. And... I believe some people were saying that it was a Yeti and some people were saying were other things, but I wanted to talk into about that because there is a documentary narrated by Kevin Conroy about it. I love Kevin Conroy. I do too. He, he voices Batman, but tell us about it, Jesse. What happened? So basically it was, I think it was like a mockumentary slash actual documentary trying to figure out what happened there. And I believe there was like some mockumentary stuff where it was like, believe that the attack was caused by a yeti it's called russian yeti the killer lives if you want to watch it i don't but in russia there's tigers in siberia where i imagine this was in a tigers siberian tigers they're huge those things are massive one swipe you it'll knock your whole jaw off it'll knock your face off you don't want to mess with a tiger it could have been a tiger it could have been uh, a, a group of wolves. It could have been a bear. There's all sorts of things that are real, tangible things that could have killed these people. Right. But people are jumping to assume it must have been the Yeti. And you have one person say it. Someone else will come out and say it. And then someone else will come out and say it. And it just perpetuates. It's like a snowball effect. One person says it and it gets bigger and bigger. It's, I don't know. Apparently, according to some people, the monks over at Tibet have a Yeti scalp. 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 Remember in uh, the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor? Yeah, there were yetis there. There were yetis there. I, I I don't know if the monks in... Did you say the monks in Taiwan? No, monks in Ta Tibet. It's not Tibet. I bet you can tie this. No, it's Tibet. Oh, man. Well, I had a good time talking to you about cryptids. Same, I did too. Any other... Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, yes, that was a funny That's movie. That's a good cryptid movie. Uh, basically, what happens is this: this people, uh, they're on a family camping trip. The dad runs over Bigfoot. 
He's like, oh no, what? Are, uh, and then he gets all feels all sad, whatever. Kids convince him to take the creature home. It's Bigfoot. He causes trouble, and uh, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Fun family movie. I don't think it's a family movie. There's lots of cursing and and, and uh. Well, and, back in those days, it was more family friendly. Back in those days, what does that even mean? I don't know. You weren't around in those days. Neither was I. We don't know what those days were like. <laughs> you can research. Right, we can research. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the uh, the cryptid ramblings with Mike and Jesse. There just really, really needs to like be a very, very good cryptid video game. I would play that so much. Like, what would the video game be about? Like hunting for cryptids? Yes, hunting for cryptids, keeping them in a facility, and then eventually trying to prove that they actually exist. And that too, that could break out. It could break you out. And then you'd have like a whole first person shooter horror thing where you're trying to like to recontain all the scary supernatural cryptids. I don't like the word supernatural because that means it goes beyond the natural. If these things exist, they, they definitely, I will say this right now, there is no cryptid, even if it exists, that has any kind of crazy powers. There are some things that could exist that we might not be aware of. Thousands of new species are discovered every day, but none of them have powers that go beyond a rational explanation. It is rational to believe that something is out there that we don't know about. Uh, it is irrational and psychotic to believe there are magical fairies out there or magical anythings out there that can shoot firebolts from there. That is a delusional belief. Jesse looks at me like I've just offended him. No, I was no, I was just thinking of something about Bigfoot that we were talking about earlier. So there are some people that actually believe Bigfoot is a UFO. Jesse, a UFO stands for Unidentified Flying Object. Well, Last it, time I checked, logo I've never heard of a version of Bigfoot that can fly. It just has wings coming out of its back. No, That's why I've never found it, because no, it flies I mean, away. I mean, where Bigfoot itself is actually an alien. Okay, what is the purpose of Bigfoot being... It's confusing. It is completely unlikely that an alien civilization would evolve to be bipedal and so closely resembling the humans. They could be disguising, who knows. Anyway, we're running out of time, so... Thank you for listening. We will see you next episode. We have some great stuff coming up. If you like the podcast, share it. If you hated the podcast, share it. Share it. Uh, share the podcast, regardless of your opinions on it. Thank you so much, Jesse. Of uh, course. You will get the final final uh, closing remark. Go. Something could be out there. You never know. Just don't go looking for it because you might die. Mm. Powerful words from Jesse. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.